All right, and welcome back to the Overlook Podcast, everybody. We have a very, very rejoiceful episode uh, filled with opinions on, you know, the, the one big thing that, that has happened to each and every one of us, myself and listeners included. Football is back, um, and we are pretty happy about that. Well, most people are, and, you know, as you could imagine, um, it's not the safest time to play football right now, but um, here we are. We are underway. <laughs> so the, the league is back. Pandemic season is officially here to stay. Um, across the league, teams and players are putting forward gestures to show unity amongst each other and bring attention towards, you know, social injustice and ultimately demanding change, you know. Von Leon, how are you feeling about football being back? Because we are in full swing, everybody. Uh, I got mixed reviews on it, man. I'm excited that it's back. One, for the players to actually be able to kind of like do what they need to do in order for the real issues to be kind of like heard and seen. So them being able to use the field and use whatever resources they need to be able to do that, I really think it's a good thing that football is back for that reason. Kicking it off, Thursday night football. You know what I'm saying? Like, what what was going on with Thursday night football? Well, you know, man, we had, like, the Chiefs and the Texans, you know. And I really, really think that was a good way of pretty much how Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, whoever idea it was at the time, to, you know, really just come together and show unity. Because there wasn't a flag involved at all. But as you could tell and as what I heard, I heard a lot of booing. Yeah. Man, I that was one of the first things that I I wouldn't I don't want to say I was looking for the booze, but I was just kind of I was eager to kind of see how the fans would react, you know, to, you know, kind of uh, the nation savior of football being back. And we're also, you know, while we're on the field, we're still going to highlight these issues of social injustice and we're going to like show unity and try to end all of this injustice together. And I don't want to say that I expected them to boo, but um. I, there were there were definitely some some booing. If I, I mean if I was at the game, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have booed. I, I don't see the the reason for booing, but ultimately, once I was checking it out on um, Instagram and through social media, and uh, I took a look at the comments and everyone's appeal to the whole um, like the league locking together and getting together in the middle of the field is that we don't want to we don't want to keep politics we don't want to keep politics in sports we don't want to put politics in sports you know what I'm saying and I feel like one of the biggest misconceptions about it is this has nothing to do with politics exactly (laughs) you know like like players players coming together and locking arms white black coaches it does not matter who this is all about the injustices that have been going on you know regarding black people regarding even athletes you know like there's so much more than politics, you know, with the NFL's policy, with, you know, kind of like kind of integrating a, a social injustice moment into every game. I feel like it's a great move. I feel like it's a great move. And I feel like um, the more that the league kind of continues to uh, pay homage and um, kind of show some sort of understanding, um, that will do nothing but, you know, kind of open others' minds as well, just to kind of be like, oh, well, you know, maybe this maybe this isn't so political after all. Like, they're actually talking about, you know, lives being taken live on the news, you know, like kind of live on our phones, people just, you know, kind of dying. But, um, I mean, I, I really hope that um, the fans out there, even, even, you know, fans of this podcast, you know, just kind of, if you don't understand why things are, you know, happening now, 
I promise you, just don't don't be so quick to rule it out because I promise you, you will. There's a, there's a strong there's a huge chance that you'll you know understand more in the future as the season goes on. Exactly. You know, so that that's my thoughts on it. I mean, how, how do you feel about the people booing? Well, I mean, I'll first start off from a player's perspective. You know, just seeing the players, the coaches, everybody just come together for unity and just overall understand understanding and consideration for the true issue. Mm-hmm which is racism and you know just seeing everybody come together on the field just pretty much make their stand that was really beautiful to see you know it shows growth it shows maturity it shows it shows that we're heading somewhere in a better future in a better place but when you hear the booze and everything i know the players could see where everybody else stands the audience the fans and some of but it's not everybody in particular just for those that were booing that sees it as political, that sees it as, you know, an issue that needs to get overlooked. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, nah, it's not. It's not something that needs to get overlooked. It's something that needs to be, you know, addressed. And I feel as though the players did a good job in doing that. And that was just from from the Chiefs and Texans. I mean, Philly and Washington even did something as well. Because you remember, Philly stayed in the locker room. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, the Eagles and uh, the Washington football team. Yeah, the Washington <laughs> football team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's we run it back. <laughs> yeah, right. We're not gonna we're not gonna get too much into that. But yeah, interesting name. But yeah, Philly Philly decided to stay in the locker room, and I believe that I'm not sure if they're gonna do it for every single game during the season. But the uh, the Miami Dolphins officially announced that they're gonna be staying in the locker room for all anthems. All anthems prior to the game, and I mean, hey, that's a that's a very bold statement, you know. Um, just kind of coming out and letting you know, like, you know, this this whole year has been trash, you know. Like, we don't players on our team aren't comfortable, you know, um, commending America before they put their lives on the line because lives are being taken in America. So, I mean, hey, more power to the Miami Dolphins, you know. Uh, I, I really feel like that's. I really feel like that's a that's a positive move, you know, a very bold move by them, and I feel like it deserves praise, honestly. Yeah, I totally agree, because uh, you're just making a stand right there, and you're pretty much telling everybody, you know, how how they feel about it, and because, like I said before, it's issues that need to get addressed, mm-hmm. and it's, it's somewhere that we need to go because you know the hard conversations need to be made, they need to be talked about, they need to be discussed, like it just need to happen and so i feel as though we're moving somewhere and i'm glad that you know everybody's coming together and being able to do it and just just seeing how the nfl is actually responding to it is good as well so and one thing that i'm really excited about is uh you know old cap being back in madden but uh <laughs> we gonna we, we gonna talk about that later because <laughs> i've been playing with him on that one man you have you got the new madden ah you already know you already know man See me after the show. Go ahead and see me. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. For sure. 20 on first game? Uh, 10. Let's go about 10. All right, we do 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so yeah, yeah, it doesn't stop there. Um, uh, the Jaguars and the Colts, they just had a, um, a recent matchup. And a majority of the players were standing up except for one of the coaches. And that's very interesting um, because – when asked about this uh, by one of the media, um, one of the linebackers, Darius Leonard, he kind of clarified the coach's intentions of him kneeling by, and I quote, we're not talking to the black community. We're talking to the white men who are in power. That's what the um, Colts 
coach was apparently kneeling for. He wasn't, you know, talking to black people. He's talking to the white men in power who make these decisions and who find these players for, you know, kneeling and things like that, kind of speaking up and ultimately using their First Amendment. He's taking a different stance at it, you know, from a coaching standpoint. And I really feel like that's that's a move that'll shake things up in the league as well. Yeah, I totally agree, man, because a lot of respect and a shout out to Coach Rich for that move, man, because that was a power move because in the black community growing up, you know, we always know we got the support of our family members and everybody. Mm -hmm. But just, you know, when there's a white man in power, just being a black African, like African-American athlete, just seeing someone show support and not even though he doesn't relate to what we go through, but he understands and chooses to take action. Exactly. And honestly, something like that, that's all that a player, like, it's all that a player asks for in a coach, you know? Exactly. And just to see that, just not as a coach, but as a man, mm -hmm. it's like, yo, I respect you even more. Because it's like, hey, you really, you really took a shot because you know you're going to receive backlash for this. You know you're going to receive a lot of press for this move. But you knew what's valuable and you understood and you wanted to show action for change. Big shout out to coach. Uh I really hope that you know that kind of spirit continues to spread out throughout the league, you know, with within these coaches. So you make a great point there. Those those were the NFL games that we saw a lot of uh, support and action from the man. College football is back as well, man. Yes, sir. College football is back, baby. Not much tailgating, but hey, you know, uh, the vibes are up for the college um, football season. Um, a lot of guys are getting that opportunity that they wanted and that they needed ultimately. I mean, because, you know, who's to say, you know, say if a lot of players didn't play this year, what would happen with their that year of eligibility? Exactly. Like, do you really want to trust the NCAA with your last year? <laughs> I mean, the choice is in the athlete's hands, and it's a tough one because this is a life-changing decision. A lot can change in one year and one season. So for those to be able to take that chance, even with their health included, you know, it's it's a tough one. You know, you're putting yourself on the line because you you you're taking a risk. I mean, you're making a bet on a bet on yourself, which is really good, but also you got to be cautious of you know the results because you still have your life there for you. And you're a lot more valuable than football, but still, we understand that, hey, you got to take a bet on yourself, even though the circumstances are tough. Exactly. You know, a lot of these kids are, you know, it's obvious that, you know, us, us young athletes, we kind of look at the NFL as, as the way out, you know. Yeah. And I can only imagine, you know, being an athlete right now, being a, a – a red shirt senior, um, a true senior, or, you know, maybe even that junior year where you really got to put some work in, you yeah. know, to try to start that campaign up for you. Um, it, it, it's a tough decision to make. Um, and, and it's really interesting because we have, we've had tons of players that have opted out of the season, but we're also starting to see some players opt back in the season mm -hmm. due to, you know, just kind of watching everything go on and kind of figuring like, man, I, am I really going to let this, this time, you know, pass, you know, or, or am I going to capture and seize this moment and try to make my dreams happen? And that's the dilemma that a lot of college athletes are facing at this very moment. And, um, it's going to be very interesting to see throughout the season how everyone reacts, you know, players and athletes. Right. Right. Especially with all this going on. And, you know, we're just getting the updates on Big Ten. The season's back, hopefully. 
Yeah, hopefully. I mean, uh, we got an update yesterday. Um, I believe on the Overlook Instagram page, we covered a small story with the Big Ten holding um, a vote, holding a vote whether to not whether to start the season or not. Yeah. Literally, news broke out today um, in a press conference. Uh, the Nebraska president, Ted Carter, he said this morning. He keep in mind he had no idea that he was mic'd up at this time. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yo, you were bugged up right there. Like, yo. He's yeah, bro. He he's literally bugged, and he. I guess I'm not sure exactly who he's talking to, but he states, and I quote: "We're getting ready to announce the Huskers and Big Ten football tonight." Now. That is something that has been in speculation for the past couple of days, but apparently we just got confirmation today by Nebraska's president. <laughs> so thank you, Mr. President, for giving uh, giving us a, a tip there. And um, he tried to kind of tried to retract his comments uh, in a later interview, but news officially broke today that the Big Ten um, will be looking to hold an eight-game schedule yeah. for home, for away. So uh, how do you feel about that? The Big Ten's kind of uh, jumping back in the game. It's interesting to see. Um, from a player's perspective, I hope all the players are able to achieve all the goals that they have set for this season. Mm -hmm. And I hope that they stay safe and healthy. And, you know, it's, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for guys to showcase their talents. But it's also another opportunity for guys to showcase what's really going on in this world and everything, all the issues that's going on as well. So. You got a lot of games to see. You got a lot of interesting things to see. But hopefully everybody can stay healthy because there's a lot of stuff just going on back and forth. Even with the news with LSU, man. Like, yeah, you just received news that majority of the team, not all, but majority of the team has COVID. And it's kind of yes. it's, it's kind of sad to hear and scary to see. So we're just going to have to see how it all plays out. Exactly. I mean, yeah, Coach O broke the news. What, what was it, today or yesterday? I think it was today, about four hours ago or time. Yeah, man, and he, he pretty much said uh, t uh, plenty of our players tested positive for COVID-19 throughout this, throughout just kind of workouts and things yeah. like that. And he just, I, I, there was, there was, I'm, I'm not sure if, you know, if, if it's all clear right now, but he says moving forward, he hopes to, to you know, um, be able to maintain the, 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 the purity and kind of just try, kind of keep the COVID out of the locker room. That's what he says he would like to do. Yeah. But what what do you think? I think it's going to be tough, man, because, gosh, I mean, it's, it's how do you regulate that? How do you move forward with the games to come? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, they have Mississippi State in 11 days, right? Yeah, 11 I days. Think, I think 11 days. Yeah, so, hmm. How many days is it, how many days are you supposed to quarantine? Like, if you even contracted coronavirus, fourteen, I think. Fourteen, 14 days. Fourteen days, and they got to play in eleven. And they got to play, in, and the news just broke today that. <laughs> so the question is, how do you handle it? How do you regulate that, and how do you even prepare? Do you have enough guys to play, technically mm. speaking? And how does M State feel about it? Do they feel safe to play? Right, exactly. Because what if they have a? What if one team? What if, you know, one team is completely clean, and another team has, you know, a few guys, a few guys who have tested positive for COVID, and um, you're not really sure the safety regulations on the opposing team, you know, and it, it's a, it's a lot for you know, it's a lot for all conferences to think about, you know, because you know who's to say that, you know, you can't get, 
you can't contract COVID from another, from an opposing team, you know, yeah. like, like one team could be doing everything that they can to stay safe, to say, to stay healthy and, you know, safe from coronavirus. But the other team, they could also feel like they're doing the same thing as well. But you know, somebody, something might slip, you know, it's a contact sport every single, exactly. every step of the way. And we ain't even talking about the refs. Are the refs getting tested? They touch the balls. What's going on right now? That's a good question. That's <laughs> a risk that you're taking right there. Uh, gosh, man. So I mean, it, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, but uh, we'd be crazy to to you know think that a year would go by and we wouldn't see no SEC football. That would not go over well with the southern part of our nation. So uh, man, there's like a religion down there, man. Goodness. <laughs> but hey, you know, man, it's gonna be interesting to see. Cause let's just say, what if M State wants to forfeit? Like you know, due to safety reasons. Does is that an L on their record or? Or a W. <laughs> or, a w like, or is it just a, a star? I don't know. Like, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, it, it loss on the record, W on the health, um, and it, it's a question mark on the decisions, man. Uh, we'll just have to figure it out. And um, I really hope that um, as the seasons continue to, to grow and as um, each conference, you know, goes underway that – everybody's taking the, the safe precautions and just like check on your neighbor as well you know like the the opposing schedule like you kind of got to tap in with everybody we all as much as you know players are going against each other and teams are going against each other in the times like this we all really need to stick together as well yeah you know because ultimately their lives on the line yeah. and um we are in 2020 and we are in the thick of it all so Hey, but in other words, um, back to the Big Ten. Yeah, the Big Ten plan has been approved for 2020 season, and um, it's possible that they'll be starting as early as October 17th. Please let us. Oh, wow, wow. We just, wow. This is insane. All right, so we just received a tip that USC has just released um, a statement towards the governor entitled please let us play we want a chance hashtag let us play and this is a tweet coming from it's coming from the receiver Amaran St. Brown on USC uh he literally just took to Twitter and mentioned uh the governor Gavin Newsom uh and addressed a statement please let us play from the USC football team this is a very interesting development right now especially that we're just now talking about the Big Ten getting things underway. And it seems like the FOMO has hit the Pac-12 almost immediately after. That's insane. So it, it's going to be very interesting to see now how the Pac-12 goes about things. Are they going to kind of mirror the Big Ten on this situation? Or like, but... Remember where USC is located. It's in Los Angeles, California. One of the second most. Yeah, it's uh got some of the top cases in the world at the moment, um, and we are in the heart of it right now, ladies and, and gentlemen. We are, and we are <laughs> dodging COVID nineteen bullets as we speak. I'm telling you, <laughs> exactly. Overlooked is coming to you live from the heart of Los Angeles, so we know exactly how tough it is, and especially just the air quality in general with all the wildfires and kind of things going on. Um, it's 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 a it's a very slippery slope, but it seems like the Pac-12 is willing to play some ball. Mm -hmm. Seems like it. Seems like it. We'll have more developments as they come for sure. While we're even talking about lives being lost, um, there was a there was a football player, um, Jamie and Stevens. They called him Juice. Uh, he played for the California University of Pennsylvania. He actually died of COVID-19. Um, like 
he he was one of the one of the first casualties in the college football world due to COVID nineteen, and we're honestly speechless here at Overlooked um, because we take lots of pride in you know student athletes and what we do and everything that we risk and are willing to put on the line, you know, f- to represent our universities in a positive light, to go as hard as we can play in the game that we love, to, you know, ultimately have a, have a shot just to change our own lives. And, you know, to kind of hear that one of the team's most personable players um, was casualized, you know, by COVID-19. He, I'm not sure if he had underlying conditions, but even if he did, COVID-19 may have been the thing that put him over the edge. You know, um, what did you, what have you read so far about Juice? Yeah, with Juice, it was, so far from what I've read, it was the majority of it was from the complications of COVID-19, which totally means they died of COVID. And just, it's just a sad, sad story to hear and a sad thing to hear. And much condolences and prayers out to his family as they uh, are still dealing with the loss of their loved one. Mm-hmm. Because um, based on what his coach has said, Terry Totten, but correct me if I'm wrong, I'm saying it wrong, but the football coach at Central Catholic said he was you know, very athletic for his size and he just had an electric personality that really just drawed everyone in the room. So mm-hmm. you're not just losing just a football player. Someone's losing a brother, someone's losing a son, someone's losing a teammate. And it's really something, you know, that's got that that hit home for us at Overlook because this is this is a risk that every athlete is going to take when they step on that field, you know, and we just hope that everyone stays healthy, everyone stays strong, and has a good season, you know. But you know, is this is is sad because Juice, if they could put one thing to describe him, it was just. He just had a great personality. Yeah, absolutely great personality. And he was also the fun of the son of former Pittsburgh Steelers and Cincinnati Bengals offensive lineman, uh, Jamie and Stevens. Now, he just lost his son due to playing a game that that he loves, you know, because it seems like football runs in the family. Yeah. And um, I can only imagine, you know, kind of how he yeah. feels right now losing his son to, you know, this virus and doing it, you know, playing like with him playing the game that they both you know know and love you know all of our condolences from overlooked to the stevens family we hear you we are with you and we will keep fighting to you know make sure that student athletes are not taken advantage of going forward or overlooked at all thanks for tuning in to the overlook podcast stay tuned for next week's episode